and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And we're back at you with CDP3. CDP Part 3 Consciousness Development Program at the IAC, International Academy of Consciousness. Which is where we are learning to have out-of-body experiences. And those are OBEs. Right. Or OOBEs, depending Mm -hmm. on how many O's you want today. And it's taking place in LA, Los Angeles. Mm, That's right. So CP and RB are there. (laughs) This is embarrassing because... Our CDP2 classes were back in September 2016. And we're recording this in October of 2017. And And our first class. Yeah, I think was was also like a year previous. We finally made it. But here's the thing. We don't remember the code names we gave for our instructors. Right. So you following along, you probably know. It's the same guy and gal, but we're going to give them new names. Or maybe the same names. Maybe the same. Maybe we're thinking the same way we were last time. Right. This will be an interesting test. Yeah. But we have not gone back and listened to our recordings for CDP 1 and 2, episodes that have sat waiting for Lo these many years. That's right. So they're fresh on your mind and not on ours, but we're going to call our instructors Neil and Maria. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, translated in your head to whatever you already called them. Uh So uh, we showed up on Saturday at like right at one o'clock. We were just there on time, bolted through traffic. That's right. Maria was our instructor. And when I came in, she was talking about death. Oh, was she? You know, I think I missed like the very beginning because I went and took a bathroom break. But uh, yeah, she was talking about the third disoma. Like we go through these multiple deaths. Ah, yes. There was a diagram up on the projector that had this kind of ghostly body, the psychosoma. So that's kind of the first you that exits your body and it's attached. But Yeah, it is your astral body. Yeah. So all I saw was the psychosoma and then the mental soma, which is just this kind of blurry thing of light. And they were connected by the golden cord. So I walk in and I look at that and I thought, wait, I thought it was a silver cord. Uh-huh. But then then I thought, okay, wait, no, maybe maybe there's two chords there going on here. There are indeed two chords. Dun, dun. There are four are lights two and two chords. Right. But I sang two chords. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, very good. I got you. you. I got you. Well done. So this day would be called Mental Somatics and Lucidity. Those are the topics we're covering today. Ooh, I should write that down. Please do. And yeah, you're right. While you were off pooping or whatever, we talked about the three disomas. Everybody poops. <laughs> So the first is the deactivation of the soma. And they said, that happens all the time. And I wanted to know more about that because I don't feel my soma deactivating all the time. Yeah, I don't not know all what the time. Meant. Not even one time, really. Yeah, because the soma is just your body. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe that's death? Because I feel like deactivating your body, that's called dying. Did you get an answer to no, this? No, she just, she moved on and it was too early to ask a bunch of questions. I recorded a question here from, there were two other people in the class with us at this point. There was uh, a man probably about our age. Yeah, maybe a little older, but yeah. And then there was a woman maybe in her 60s, I uh-huh, would say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the, the man was asking, when the psychosoma dies, does it pop? which I thought was an interesting question. Which was a question he would kind of go back to later. Yeah, and the answer was from Maria was that it was more of a release of energy. 
Right. Okay. And then the woman asked about the energy of those who die. Does it stick around? Good question. Yeah. And yes, yes, it is around. Now, I said that very quickly, but I think the answer was more like... <laughs> Five minutes. The, <laughs> this is a theme. The answers take a long time. Yeah. So be careful with the questions you ask. So I think the idea was if you do run into someone who's passed on while you're projecting, that probably means that they're still kind of going through their process. Mm -hmm. They haven't totally accepted that they are dead and that they have to go through their their new lessons, and then either be reborn or be graduated. Yeah, and I think Maria went into this in more detail later, but she was talking about how you need to be careful and how you deal with that loss, and that it's usually safe within five to ten years after they've died to contact them. But then beyond that, maybe let them lie. You know, They mm -hmm. may be in a new body at that point. Yeah, because if you're like, I see Lincoln in the spirit world, it's pretty likely Lincoln has already been reincarnated. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I'm the reincarnated Lincoln. <laughs> well, I think we learned today that it was Neil. Oh, that's right. But, oh, I forgot about the Lincoln connection. But we'll get there. You weren't Lincoln Lincoln. But back to these three desomas. So there's the deactivation of the soma, the deactivation of the energosoma. That's when you let go of energies, usually from your previous lives, but mm -hmm. it could be something you're just holding on to because, you, you know, you hold grudges. And then the third one is the deactivation of the psychosoma. So maybe that's death? I don't know. There's so many somas. So many somas. But she did say that out-of-body experiences are rehearsing death. Right. Because that's when we'll be totally disconnected from our bodies. Right. But you don't need to worry in the meantime, as we've likely told you before. You're it not can't gonna, kill you. The out-of-body experience itself is not going to kill you. But yeah, I guess the end result after you've gone through these three disomas is that you're just pure mental soma. Right. So th this was the concept that we would deal with a lot this day, the mental soma. And the mental soma, when you live in the world of the mental soma, you're mostly dealing with concepts and values. And mm -hmm. instead of thinking about, oh, why did my boss say that mean thing to me? Instead, you're thinking, what is justice? Mm-hmm. That kind of right, thing. and the psychosoma is often depicted as this body that's just kind of faded out body because it still has this sense of identity and shape, and you can modify that, but it still takes a form. Whereas the mental soma is just this sort of luminous being, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not this crude matter. Correct. We learned a new word, lux. Oh, and that is a unit of awareness, and that's L U C. And then she told us you can also add an apostrophe s if you uh -huh. want to make it plural, which Probably isn't how you do that, but it's short for lucidity, for lucidity. Yep. and it's a measurement. So these aren't hard and fast rules, but you could approximate a thousand lux as a fully realized spiritual being away from the material body living in the astral plane. But at birth, we're at like two, two. lux yeah. generously. Yeah, yeah. I'm being nice. That here. really surprised me, though. I thought I thought for sure she was going to be like, we're born with like 10, then we go down to two or something as we become adults. Because we hear something kind of contrary later from yeah. Abe Lincoln. Yeah, from, no, from Neil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Who you always confuse with Abe Lincoln. Did you say Abe Lincoln? Yeah, so that kind of surprised me because also just you always hear. Like, oh, kids are so connected mm -hmm. to their intuition and so right. on. And then society tamps it down. So that's kind of where I expected her to go. But she didn't. She was like, you know how babies are. They just want to eat and poop. They don't know anything. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she was saying that this golden cord that connects 
just to clarify this again, you have your body, mm-hmm. your physical yes, body. I do. So far, I'm with you. And then there's a silver cord that huh. connects you to your psychosoma. Okay. Then, which is your astral body. Good. And then there's a golden cord that projects out even farther to your mental soma. And the golden cord doesn't behave quite like that silver cord. This one is more of a remote control. It but- sounded like it was more like a lightning bolt or something. Like it's energy, but you can't feel it or manipulate it or always see it. And it doesn't give you this like fine-tuned direct handling control. Right. Sort of like pointing out somewhere towards this energy. Whereas the silver cord is tangible. You can feel it when you're on an out-of-body experience. If you want to like pull yourself back into your body via your silver cord, you can. Mm -hmm. Like it is a cord. Yes. So here she compared the psychosoma to the mental soma for us. She told us the psychosoma is an extra physical body, whereas the mental soma, you've got no body. Mm-hmm. You're just floating around. You've got no body. Right. The psychosoma is in the extra physical dimension, whereas the mental soma is in the mental, mental dimension. dimension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, in case silver cord wasn't good enough for you, there is another word for that, the hollow chakra. <laughs> and in the psychosoma, you are connected via this hollow chakra, whereas... In the mental soma, you're only connected to the para head because we needed that term. <laughs> yeah, these people are really big on new words, creating vocabulary. Oh boy, jargon. There will be more of that. So, when you're in the psychosoma, there can be sensations while you're leaving your body. But if you go into the mental soma, you don't have any physical sensations. Correct. You can also experience extra physical emotions in the psychosoma, but when you're in the mental soma, there's no emotions as we normally know them. In the psychosoma, you can use telepathy. Oh, here comes my favorite part. Yeah, but in the mental soma, (laughs) you only speak in conscientese, which is the language of consciousness. Conscientese. I think this was the time that I actually giggled a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I had to read that one twice. That's amazing. Just not necessary to make up a word for that. You could just say the mental soma is more advanced. It doesn't use language. But no, no, no. (laughs) We need to give it a name for a language and then explain how it's a language without words. In the second class, I think there was another phrase they used that I thought was even worse complicating of a simple concept. But we'll get to that. This one's interesting. When you're in the psychosoma... You may get intrusions oh, from yeah. other beings, but right. if you're in the mental soma, you should have no intrusions. That's pretty cool. That's interesting. If, but the way they say that is that you are inaccessible to anti-cosmoethical or energivorous consciousnesses, which I love. So I saw that word. And I was like, Voris. It's like something it that eats. eats. It's like, are these things that eat energy? And she got all excited like, oh, yes, yes. That's right. Very good. Yeah. These are these negative things that can intrude on you. Wow. Okay. I'm sure it's all true. And and of course, in the psychosoma, it's usually the same level of lucidity as in the soma. But if you're in the mental soma, then you're experiencing cosmoconsciousness. Right. Big deal. Big deal. So mental somatic projections are the same as reaching nirvana. So when I heard that, I was yeah. like, oh, so this is like very rare then, right? Right. But or we're some... going to do an exercise later today to try to get there, just us five people in a room? Right, right. Let's see how this goes. Can we achieve this advanced state that people spend multiple lives trying to achieve? Yeah, I was kind of confused Dozens by that. of lives, maybe more. But then when they would describe the mental soma, I felt like 
okay, I get there during meditation. Not every time, but like definitely many times in my life, I've no longer been aware of my body, been mm-hmm. thinking on these grand concepts, not seeing shapes. You know, I can get there, but I mean, I, I don't think I've reached nirvana. Yeah. So this is compared to nirvana and Buddhism and then samadhi and yoga you know, these kind of states of attainment. And again, they're very good at connecting to other belief systems and finding ways just to say, oh, they're just describing this exact same thing. But, you know, other times they will kind of poo-poo organized religion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did see that. Another distinction between the psychosoma and the mental soma is that telekinesis is possible if the conditions are favorable while you're in the psychosoma. So you can move Uh, things with your mind. As we've learned, you can flip light switches and stuff. Cool. I want to see that. Anybody do that for me and I can hook you up with like a hundred thousand bucks. When they say telekinesis there, I just assumed they meant anything that's happening while you're in the spirit body is sort of by definition moving without you touching it. Oh no, they're saying you can actually affect things in the physical world. I remember that. Okay. Like I'm saying you could flip a light switch with your psychosomatic body. But in the mental soma, no possibility of telekinesis. Huh. Okay. Because the light switch example, the only one I remember is you should be using the light switch in your regular life all the time so that you notice, oh, look, the light came on. Oh, sure. That's a good exercise to prompt lucid dreaming. But then when you're having your out-of-body experience, you should also be flipping light switches and that they would come on a bit later. And that's how you know you're under. But no, they were making the paranormal claim that you can move things with your mind. Okay. All right. Psychosoma. Yeah, and the mental somatic projections, not only do you not have any body, you don't have a shape, you don't have a form, the whole world is just ideas. Right, and they said that those are incredibly rare experiences. So you'll have 70 experiences in the psychosoma to every one that you have in the mental soma. Yeah. But by all means, let's the five of us in this room today do that. But even 70 to 1, I'm like... Well, that's still more common than nirvana. Right. It's just It's a little confusing. I'm not trying to nickel and dime them over it. I just genuinely felt confused. She did compliment us all. She said people here in this room probably have more lux because, <laughs> you know, we're like a little advanced. Because you're taking your Saturday to study this stuff. Yeah. Sure. So some of the things that you might consider and sort of be in a dance with while you're in the mental soma are things like... Free will, judgment, logic, creativity, ethics, intelligence. You're just interacting with them as whole concepts. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice. Well, wait, 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 Carrie from 2017. Yeah, Carrie from 2017. Can you cool it? We have something to say. Hold on a sec. We need to tell our listeners about Bombas socks. Oh my gosh. I genuinely really like these socks. These are fantastic socks. And I got to tell you, I'm rather picky about socks. Cara can tell you. Yeah, you know what? You said this. When Bombas asked if they could advertise on the show, we were like, we need to try the socks. We got to see if they're good. And Mm -hmm. you said, I'm very picky about socks. Yep. But you know what? We tried those socks and we said, advertise away. These are damn good socks. Them's good socks. Yeah. I like my socks to be thin and breathable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel seams touching my feet. I, You know what I freaking hate? When you feel that like terry cloth kind of feel in a sock. Oh, yes. Uh, oh. None of that. I know what you're talking about. And Bombas are really cool. They're really well designed. They have this honeycomb kind of thing on mm-hmm. the, the arch. 
the yeah. arch. Yeah. And it, it kind of hugs your foot in this nice way and gives you a little extra support right there at the arch where you need it. Yeah. And they have a variety of cuts. I guess they're known for the socks that are really low, like you don't even see them mm, in right, your right, shoes. Right. Uh, but you can also get the, the ankle height ones mm-hmm. or even taller socks if you want. They got a lot of variety of socks. Whatever height sock you like, they've got it. Also, they have a Y-stitched heel, if you can picture that. They're made of this super soft cotton, and I would say they're the most comfortable socks in the history of sock time age. Okay, that's a bold claim. I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't tried on every sock, Mm -hmm. but if I had to pick, like, what's your favorite sock brand? I'd be like, well, listen, I don't know any others, but I'm still going to throw in for Bombas because they're really good. And they donate one brand new pair of socks for every pair they sell. Oh, I love it when a company does that. Yeah, it's great. And to date, they have sold and donated over 7 million pairs of socks. So you get some socks and someone else who needs socks, get some socks. Socks, socks, socks. I happen to be wearing some right now. Whoa, really? Yep. I'm not wearing socks at all, but if I were wearing socks, I'd be wearing Bombas. So anyway, you can do this too. You can also wear Bombas. Where can they go if they want to buy some Bombas, Ross? Yeah, you're an Ono Ross and Carrie listener, so you can get 20% off your first order if you go to Bombas.com, B-O-M-B-A-S.com. C-O-M, and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's bombas.com slash oh no, and the code is oh no. O-H-N-O. And back to the show. Now, Ross, did you know, if during your projections you get a lot of intruders, there is a good way to immunize yourself. Oh, yeah. What do I do? You go to the observatory because- The Griffith Observatory? Yeah. Well, any observatory, because intruders don't like cosmology. (laughs) Fun fact. (laughs) Still does to go to the observatory or watch space videos on the internet if you're getting too many intruders. Cool. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay. I watch a lot of space-based entertainment. The room was brought down for a bit because the other woman asked about rape. And if that opens us up to these intruders. Uh, That was a really awkward moment. I had just just stood up to get water. (laughs) And so she's like, What about rape? Yeah. And I'm like, It was very uncomfortable. And it wasn't a good transition. We're all like, Wait, why are we talking about this now? Oh my goodness. Now, was she saying people who feel as if they've been raped during a projection? No, like someone who's been raped in the real world, does that open them up now for this trauma or for other energies to affect them negatively? very Bob Larson. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. How many generations? Uh, And so Maria's answer was, well, to sum it up, yes, but this kind of tricky, you know, it's going to vary from case to case. But the answer took about five Mm. minutes again. I don't like hearing yes in that at all. Right. So we learned that people with low self-esteem for no obvious reason were probably slaves, servants, or of low status in a previous life. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Got a couple couple little victim-blamey moments. Yeah, here. that's a, a big red flag. Yeah. Whenever you're uh, blaming people's current stations on things they've done in past lives. Right. Things you cannot confirm. I do not sign on to that. Correct. Uh, Same deal with repressed memories. Yeah, she gave this long, weird answer about this guy who stole some change the other day. 
Oh, yeah. Like he like, wasn't in full control of his body and there was more expensive stuff he could have stolen, but he had to steal this change. I think, okay, so I think she was saying the guy was an addict and he saw like some loose change in this woman's car and he broke in and just took the change right. when he could have stolen her nice purse or whatever, but he was so fixed on getting his fix that he just did this one destructive thing. And that was like the influence of these negative energies. Yeah, or he was behaving like a negative energy. It it almost sounded like possession, the way it Uh was being described. Yeah. Very interesting. So she said something kind of interesting, and I found myself in agreement with her. She said, these exercises that we teach you, they actually condition your soma to believe in the teachings, and then you have the out-of-body experience. And it just seems like sort of a clever rephrasing of like, well, this is all suggestion. Right. And it it goes back and forth constantly where I wonder, do they realize that this is all just kind of a mental exercise that you can train yourself to do? Or they think this is actually veridical, you know, you're really moving into these other realms. It's the second one. Yeah. But every now and then they'll say something like, oh, maybe they get what this is. Right. In the way I see it. Uh Uh-huh. Another question I really liked from the gentleman was whether these negative entities can get trapped in a particular space. And this is where we learn that, yes, they can be trapped in the paratropospheric dimensions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And, yeah, they're filled with images, and we think, like, they're real worlds, and they'll even have cars and streets and people and all that. Uh, But, yeah, there are these other dimensions where these negative energies can be trapped. Trippy, man. Trippy, trippy, trippy. Now, for some reason here, we got a list of the different types of intelligence. It felt out of nowhere, but I think at this point we've all heard this argument that IQ isn't the only way to test intelligence, Mm -hmm. and whether your book smart isn't, you know, the only measure of how truly smart you are. Right. So now we get a list of all the different types of intelligence, like evolutionary intelligence and psychic intelligence. I I wasn't quite sure why we were seeing this. Yeah, they had started with, uh, I think they said it was Howard Gardner who had discovered these multiple types, and then they'd added their own. And it's interesting because they had given all these examples of people who demonstrated these various traits. And next to evolutionary, who's the first person you would think of? Uh, Darwin. Darwin. (laughs) But no, it was... Kardec. Kardec, who was the founder of spiritism. Yeah, well, they mean something different when they say... Oh, I know. Okay, all right. I know. But, all right, imagine who would be the best example of communication intelligence. That you could think of, okay, Carrie. Okay, I genuinely the... don't remember what the answer was. So, okay, the best example <laughs> of communication intelligence, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, okay. Yeah, or maybe someone would say like Ronald Reagan because he was known as the great communicator. Sure. No, Cindy Crawford. Oh, <laughs> she is charismatic. Yes, that was one of the qualifiers there. And she communicates with her mere presence. So she's just an example of oh, yeah. that and kind then, of intelligence. And then Maria was like, or just think of any supermodel. Not that it's about how they're beautiful. It doesn't matter if they're beautiful. They just have like, this personal charisma. Why are charisma. we thinking of supermodels? Then? <laughs> she gave other examples, like po- certain politicians, et cetera. Sure. But uh, yeah, she was kind of apologizing for this slide, saying, we need to, I, I've put in a note to headquarters that we need a new slide with new names that people will recognize. I don't think the kids these days even know who Cindy Crawford is. And then we also learned that Ari Go, a psychic surgeon, he had great psychic intelligence. Sure he did. You should, uh, we won't waste your time right now, but go look up psychic surgery and you tell us if you think that's uh, insightful. There's contextual intelligence. 
Churchill was the example there. Okay. Somatic intelligence, Nijinsky. I don't know who that is. Spatial intelligence, Einstein. We've okay. Heard of him. That sounds good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it seems like on a quick slide that people are supposed to absorb right away. You probably have names that most people know. Right. Uh, experiential intelligence, Fittipaldi. <laughs> Fittipaldi? I don't know. One of those. Internal intelligence, Karpov, the famous chess player. Okay. Linguistic intelligence, Shakespeare. Lo- okay. Yeah. Logical intelligence, Euler. That's a good one. Musical intelligence, Beethoven. Beethoven. Now we're doing fine. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, then we get to the ones you mentioned, psychic, evolutionary, and personal intelligence, and they use Freud as an example. Oh, right. Sure. A little outdated, but... Yeah. Okay, so then we find out we want to develop our many kinds of intelligence, and one way is to do the three-hour WPI. Oh, good, a new term. What, (laughs) What does that stand for? Waking physical immobility technique. Okay, what is this technique? You'd think it'd be the W pit, but they took the T off, and now we don't have pit. Yeah, well, then you can say WPI technique. Yeah. Because if you said the W pit technique, it would be like ATM machine. Well, that's why I would just say the W pit. Or pin number. I wouldn't say any of those things, but I'd say the W pit. I'm glad we're at least saying technique. Oh, God. Anyway. About this time, we had a new person join us as well. 50 minutes into the class, another woman sauntered in. Yes. She sat in front of you. Let's call her Clarice. Hello, Clarice. So the WPI, you can find information about this on their website if you want to do the whole thing. But basically, it sounded like you set a timer. You mm-hmm. do a velo, and we've been over what the velo is on our previous episodes. Yep, yep. You sit in a comfortable chair. And then you don't move a single movement for three hours. Don't you dare. Like, don't move a a finger. Don't move a toe. You got an itch. Too fucking bad. And I'm starting to prep myself like, oh, are we going to do that in the last half of this class? Because <laughs> there's funny. enough time. I didn't, I didn't think she meant that. That's really Oh, funny. you didn't? Okay. Yeah. You stare at a blank wall, preferably just a totally yeah, blank wall. Yeah, you keep your eyes open for this one. Mm-hmm. And... She said you'll go into slight disconnection. Presumably you can blink your eyes and breathe. Those are movements, but anyway. And you might have retrocognitions or projections. And there's actually a whole lab in Portugal devoted to this called the Immobilitarium. Yes, the Immobilitarium. (laughs) So retrocognitions, you may may see into your birth experience or past lives. Yeah, Immobilitarium sounds terrifying yeah that's true it sounds like we will send him to the immobility yeah. to punish him yeah totally it's like we um, have ways of making you dark like clockwork orange shit yeah, yeah 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 you're right you don't get to blink in that one yeah that's true so she said the first time she tried to do it she could only do it for 90 minutes second time she got to 245 and then the third time and every time after she's been able to do three hours so it's okay if it takes you a while to work up to three hours that should have been my clue that we weren't doing that today But it helps develop your mental soma. I asked if it was like mindfulness meditation in that, like, what what do you do with those intruding thoughts that come into your head? How do you get rid of them? Do you just try to force yourself to, you know, brute force, get away from them and think of nothing? Or do you acknowledge them and put them away? And she said, yeah, it's... You do think about those thoughts and then kind of put them to the side. And and then she introduced like the thought of these helpers, these guides that you invoke to help you kind of deal with this and, uh, and banish those thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. It was a very long answer. Yeah, I'm sure it was. You know, the best advice I ever got for intrusive thoughts when you're meditating is to just thank them for coming. Oh. And that always helps me. I'm just like, oh, thank you. I'm glad you were here and you can move along. I like thank that. Thank you for coming. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to go to these labs in Portugal. Oh, yeah. They keep talking about this facility that yeah. they have. and Yeah, the nice labs they have there and the, the studies they do. Yeah, yeah, hopefully we can go at some point. Maybe. Because once we've completed CDP4, uh-huh. then we can become... Well, actually, I think after you've done CDP2, you can, can go... become a member. Yeah, you can become a member for a mere $95 a year, mm-hmm. we've learned. And then you can travel to Portugal. And you can retake all these CDPs as many times as you want. And it's two hours outside of Lisbon, kind of out in the country, the, the wine country of Portugal. Sounds lovely. Yeah, man. So, you know, if anyone's like, I gotta hear about that, you let us know. <laughs> Oh, wait. I mean, I got to hear about that. And here's I a bunch of money. Lots of money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maria said that she once saw her mom in a white dress while she was doing this 3WPI technique. And her mom was complaining about something. And then next thing you know, she saw the whole country of Mexico. Where and, she's from. And it was complaining. Yeah. So yeah. they're like just uh, scads of people from Mexico complaining, complaining. together. Yeah. I guess she finds it a complainy place. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. So I asked a question about ghost hunting. Yes. Because she was talking about these energies that stay, other people's psychosomas that stay and lurk around and you might find them. So it's like, so is that like ghost hunting and do those gadgets that people use to to find ghosts, do Are those they legitimate? Work? Yeah. Yeah. Her answer was essentially yes and no. Yeah, mostly yes. She said, you can detect energies with that technology, but it's really hard for spirits to communicate with us, so it's not always going to work even if they're trying to answer you. Right, so you could tell she was skeptical of those shows. She was saying, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it might be a little too easy to have it respond all the time. Right. She Take we, it with a grain of salt. We had a little back and forth there where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure they don't show on those ghost shows every time that they call out you know, is anybody here? And nothing happens because that's boring TV. Right. And then she also made the point that she feels icky after watching them because they turn the afterlife into this real like creepy thing, Mm -hmm. uh, which it seems like that's not how she sees it at all. So it gives her this icky feeling afterward. Also, there was a question from the, the gentleman to my left. He was asking if there's any way to measure these lux. The L-U-C-S. Ah, right. And I was wondering that too, but I figured what the response would be. And she started going into this very long response. And I tried to kind of interject and sum it up for her. I said, oh, well, it's just sort of a, a way to get a handle on the concept and you apply arbitrary numbers, but there's no hard scale. And she agreed to that, but she still answered for another like three minutes. <laughs> she has quality that, I mean, a lot of people have. It's not unique to her, but where, I don't know, when people will be trying to help them out or engage with them, they get this glossy-eyed look and say, yeah, 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 and then go back to what they were thinking and you don't feel like they actually heard the okay. interjection. Okay. Felt like a lot of times people would say, like, is it like this? And she'd be like, sure, yeah, it's like that. It's also like this completely opposite And thing. we end up somewhere completely different. Yeah. And it feels like that answer just kind of goes on forever and becomes the next point eventually. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then we did an energetic exercise. Ooh. Yes. We sat in our chairs. Turned down the lights. Turned down the lights. I crossed my legs, which is my comfortable way of sitting. 
All right. And we did the velo. So you're not imagining. This always throws me off too because yeah, Maria too. in particular will say, don't visualize it. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's the like, worst thing I you could say to me. There's how, no other what? way to have, to, I, I even want to use the word picture. There's no other way to picture uh-huh. energy coursing. To conceptualize. Up, <laughs> yeah, up and down my body without visualizing that what are you telling me to do and i think at the last two i asked her about that and finally i've given up but like (laughs) i think both times she gave me the answer oh well you can visualize it i just don't want you to rely on that and i'm like okay then don't make a big deal out of this yeah yeah totally so i visualized energy starting at my crown coronal chakra yeah coronal chakra and then traveling down to my feet and then back up and i was seated and i've already dealt with the issue in the past where you know, your body is at this weird angle. You're sit, sitting, sitting like a four. <laughs> exactly. And this came up later. The first woman who had shown up uh, in the audience with us, she was saying that that really hung her up. She was trying to move this energy down and it would get stuck at her hips. At her waist, yeah. yeah now it's got to bend. And I didn't explain this well in the class, but I was essentially, I was thinking of it like a computer instance of something where you have like a model and then you've applied sort of a distortion to it to put it in that sitting position. Like it's an instance of this model that is standing straight. I kind of thought of myself as being an instance of this, you know, straight human figure. Okay. And so like this is the temporary condition, but the real condition is you standing. Exactly. Yeah. The Aristotelian ideal of yeah. me is uh, standing straight. And so then I could imagine the energy pushing down. And then when it hits my hips, it just naturally kind of flows along this instance. Okay. And for whatever reason, having yeah, that, that worked for you. separation yeah. worked for me. For me, one of the teachers taught me at one of the classes just make like a rod going up and down your body and it can connect your knees to your head. It's just like a general, you just want some general angle that you can send this energy up and down and it doesn't have to follow your body exactly. Yeah, that makes good sense. Yeah, then I was like, oh, okay. Uh, But I also have found that if I cross my legs, it's a little easier because I feel like then my legs are up by my trunk and it feels like a continuous part of my body. Yeah, especially if you're thinking in terms of chakra. Because you run out of them at your tailbone. Yeah, totally. So it's like, oh, we're leaving chakra land. Yep, totally. Heading to the feet. So yeah, you, you had it all figured out. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's also my preferred way to sit anyway. But mm. during the exercise, she said, and I could feel that she was over on our side of the room, and she was like, uncross your legs if they're crossed. And so I did. Oh, no. Then I told her later, oh, it's actually better for me to cross them. And I see why. I I didn't realize what was going on here. So yeah, we started out with this velo, and then we did an exteriorization, which isn't like in... I think it's Scientology they use that phrase for an out-of-body experience. Oh, going exterior. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, (laughs) in the out-of-body class, exteriorization is just pushing energy out, radiating it out from your body into Into the the room. Yes. So she wanted us to kind of do three stages of that. We did it weekly and then at 50% and then just give it your all, let out pulses of energy into the room. And this is a really nice feeling, at least for me. It's like the mane of a lion just coming out around my whole body. Yeah, it totally works for me, especially in like certain parts of my body. If I picture energy sort of shooting out of me, I get that immediate tingling of my skin Mm -hmm, on command. Yeah. that's kind of like a cool a feeling. Warm, tingly, happy feeling. And I'll admit, somewhere in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if Maria can sense this energy yeah. that I'm pushing out. You don't have to admit that. You can be proud of that. 
You're open-minded, Dennis. <laughs> but then I'm almost waiting for her to be like, oh, and I saw energy pouring out of you. Yeah, that would be because cool. Because I felt it. I she remember during this exercise, I felt like, I felt like your energy, oh. remember? See, you are very in tune. Thank you. So yeah, we did four velos total. Yeah. The exteriorization came between the first and second. And then after the third velo, she then exteriorized and sent out energy to all of us. Yeah. And later on, she wanted to know. I didn't feel that. We felt that. I felt it. But, you know, she said, I'm sending it out now. And so I Mm -hmm. pictured it being added to my energy. Oh, you shouldn't picture it, Ross. (laughs) Don't picture it. Right. She told us to watch something called Astral City, some movie. I don't know what language it was originally in, but she said it's got English subtitles. It's really good. Yeah, it was a Portuguese film. Oh, okay. That it really well articulates the specifics of transition. But she said, but it does also overlay all these religious things that aren't true. Oh, yes, that's right. It's really funny because this whole system has what I would call its own theology. Mm -hmm. That it's treated in this very like matter of fact, scientific way that they could be reading you a menu. They're so matter of fact about it, you know? Yeah, but it, it encompasses an entire worldview. Yeah, totally. From soup to nuts and cradle to grave. And beyond. (laughs) We spent a while after those exercises just comparing notes on what everybody felt. And and I feel for this experience, I've learned I just need to kind of go with it and whatever sensations I feel, not try to do that translation in my mind of, oh, here's what's actually happening. This is yeah, this is why my tough. skin is feeling prickly, just to say, you know, I saw magenta and here's why, or, yeah. you know, just to let it go. I even have trouble sometimes when I'm setting my intention and they say, just tell yourself I'm going to go out of my body. And I do, but then maybe every 20th time I'll think like, well, I'm not really going out of my mind. Maybe I should modify this. But where I really have to like just play along with what we're doing here. Otherwise, it's not going to work at all. Right. I have more success just like getting into the mindset and going with it. Exactly. We learned that the other gentleman in the class has a really hard time staying awake during any of this. Oh, yeah. This was like a 10-minute exercise, and he was already falling asleep. He's like, yeah, just with meditation practice, I've taught myself to fall asleep whenever I like close yeah, my eyes like this. kind of weird. Yeah, he said he has like a bunch of meditation experience, used to be in a meditation group, and so he's like sort of trained himself to fall asleep sitting up. Yeah, even like, sitting up. What? Right, yeah. So we that heard like- help you not fall asleep We're seriously there up. like maybe 10, 15 minutes, and we hear like gentle snoring coming Aww. from his chair. Like, okay. Yeah. And then he said, if I lay down, it's fine. That's so weird. Yeah. And yet, no, we heard him snoring yeah, later laying down. Which is fine. It's not disturbing. Oh, oh anything, absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, I had asked if after exercise is a good time to do this. Because when my body's question, naturally yeah. feeling these kind of sensations. And essentially, the answer is anytime is a good time to do this. So yeah, sure. At the gym. That's good for you. Exteriorize. Sure. sure. Oh, yeah. She did say at the gym. And she's like, as long as there's no negative energy at your gym. I asked her, and I think I might have asked her this before, but who knows? It was a year ago. I asked her if animals have a psychosoma. Yes. And she said they do, but you won't find them in the spirit realm if they're still alive, the way you and I could bump into each other if we're right. both projecting. Right. Uh, Ella won't be doing that. Because she's just, she's here in the here and now, baby. But when animals die, they're actually better about moving on because they don't have all this psychological baggage from this world. Okay. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, I think you've asked that at every session. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I'm going to ask it in CDP4. (laughs) We got a very generous 40-minute break at this point. Oh, right. She's... 
more generous with the breaks than her colleague. <laughs> so her earlier and longer. We went out, we got food, hung out for a bit. Oh, let me tell you about the food. I went <laughs> to Sage Vegan Bistro mm-hmm. where they have a little ice cream booth and I got vacation flavored ice cream. And here's what that means. Hmm. It was chocolate, coconut, and banana. And it was real good. Like picture a Neapolitan, but with banana. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I was surprised how good it was. Because here's the thing. Usually I'll get coffee flavored ice cream or as a backup, mint flavored ice cream. Mm-hmm. And they had both of those. But I said, can I have a sample of your vacation? And then I had some. And I was like, this is so good. So you had a 40-minute vacation, essentially. Exactly. And I got a coffee. Okay. I went to Tito's Tacos and had way more food than I should have. Especially since we were going to go lay down on a mat for like an hour. But... What, that digest slowly. <laughs> right. But it was good. It was good. So then we learned the mental soma technique. Though I, I've got to interject here. When oh. we came back, she was talking about this conference that they have every year. And they were talking about how they do these tests. And this is a great way to experiment with going out of your body and seeing a target And she was saying that, I guess you said it was across two different years. One year they had an image of a truck on a computer. And then a previous year they had a traffic cone. Yes. And they said. So they put it in a room. They lock the room. They make sure the guard who guards the room is not with their group to do some blinding. Cool. Blinding. We like it. Mm -hmm. So how does this work? So all these people go in another room and then they astral project into the room with the object. They know there's an object in there, but they don't know what it is. Oh, cool. So, so if these they are get all... it right, yeah. oh my God, that's confirmation. Right. And here you have dozens, maybe hundreds of experienced conscientiologists who have done all this astral projection out of body. How many got the truck? This year, zero. Oh, hmm. hmm. Okay, well, promising. We're getting I, I somewhere. appreciate the honesty, yeah. though. Oh, absolutely. This is not a story to tell if you really want to sell your services. <laughs> and I think at the previous conference, the image of the traffic cone. Got it was a, an actual traffic cone. Oh, it was a physical traffic yeah. Even better. So you can't like say, oh, well, it was just a picture on a screen. Right. She said two people Maybe got Maybe two. Yeah. yeah. It sounded like it was a little iffy as well. So, yeah. So I'm guessing one of them said, I saw a dunce cap. And they're right. like, I saw it's an, an orange, orange dunce cap. <laughs> yeah. With bands on it. Right. Yeah. Not the strongest confirmation of these phenomena giving veridical experience. But if that one person who successfully got the caution cone, if they want to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and meet with Get the, tested by the IIG. Yeah, meet with that independent investigations. We like that protocol. That do it. Yeah. Yeah. That could be $100,000 for you. Okay. So then we learned the mental soma technique. Yes. Because let's all go into Nirvana. Why not? We're five people in a room in Culver City. (laughs) So she said, try to let go of concepts like form and time. Oh, easy. No problem. Let it go. Try to forget even the shape of your body. Got it. Who needs it? And then the first step is think of the biggest thing you can think of. And for most people, that's the universe. Or you can just picture the night sky. Yeah, at first she said the biggest thing, and I was thinking of the sun. She said the universe is like, well, great. Now that seems really small. (laughs) Thanks a lot, lady. But it's just hard to picture the universe. Right. Yeah, I think that's why she modified and said, or if the night sky is easier for you, that's fine. Just something that the vastness overwhelms you. Mm -hmm. And then ponder a question with no human answer. So I was expecting like kind of a Buddhist koan, 
Like, uh, yeah, something what is with this, a question mark on the end. What is the sound of one hand clapping? Right. Does a tree falling in the forest with no one to hear it still make a sound? Okay. I thought it would be something like, what is justice? Just something that's like open to interpretation oh. and pondering. I think you were pretty close with that. Yeah, although all the examples she gave were not questions. But maybe this is pedantic of me. But she's, she's like, for example, the idea of infinity. Well, that's not a question, but okay. Mm-hmm. Or the nature of a black hole. Not a question, but okay. Or right. the, the nature of a free consciousness. So yeah, big concepts. Yeah, yeah. She also told us about the target technique, which is something that you can practice at home. Thank you. And by you, I mean you. Me, Carrie. No, you. Who? No, the person who's listening right now. Oh, you. You keep pointing at me. Oh, that's true. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Talking to you. <laughs> you. Actually, this book right here, Projectiology, advises that if you want to have good rapport with the person you're talking to, you should hold up both thumbs. Oh, oh hold on. I need to build build rapport with you after. <laughs> We're both giving double thumbs up at each other. It also said we could use narcotics. <laughs> yeah. how, how did it describe this? Like raising of the thumbs. Raising of the thumbs. I don't think this was written in English, but man, that's a tome. Oh my gosh, so funny. Carrie found a copy of Projectiology. Yeah. So the target technique that you the can, listener. can try at home. So you picture a person or place or idea. So a noun, essentially, for example, the Eiffel Tower, and then you just immerse yourself in that. You go on Google Images, you look at lots of pictures of the Eiffel Tower, you go on Google Maps, you use things not owned by Google. I don't know. I don't want to be like, like a commercial for Google here, but essentially you, you Yahoo. get- <laughs> you uh, uh, you do a Bing search for the Actually, Eiffel Tower. I ended up on Yahoo the other day, and I don't even know why. And the questions, the like top questions, made it so clear who Yahoo's audience is. Oh yeah, it was all like very older generation questions. Okay, so now I can't remember what they were. Oh, but that'd be very entertaining. So you immerse yourself in visions, and then you can be prepared for when you're doing this energy work to go straight to that. You know, you'll be ready to jump to the Eiffel Tower. And I thought, you're just, you're priming your mind to visualize this and create right. it, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. But they're making it sound like this is a good way to actually go to the Eiffel Tower right now. The, and yet, earlier she said, you're teaching your Soma to believe these things. I don't know, man. Confusing. I don't know either. So uh, there you go. And consult your helpers. They can help you. So then we did the mental soma technique. Mm-hmm. We rolled out our yoga mats, and I didn't bring a pillow with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had seat cushions. Either. You think they would have some blankets? Yeah, they don't. Because they do this all the time. Yeah. But they like to keep the room very cold, and if you ask them to turn the air up, they'll either lie to you and tell you that they can't, which they definitely can, <laughs> or just straight up tell you, well, we like to keep it cold. It's better for your experience, and it will keep you from falling asleep. Right. Your mileage may vary on that one. But <laughs> yeah, so we lay down. So I've got a couple of seat cushions, one under my butt, because I thought, oh, if I'm laying here for an hour, my butt's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I put one under my legs just to keep the knees kind of up. They seem to... Uh, recommend that i thought oh my head will be fine just laying on this yoga mat was it no Hmm. turns out that was tough to do for an hour when you're not allowed to move at all you know what else would support your head (laughs) a bed from casper uh (laughs) probably but also entertainment to put in your skull Yes. Well, how would you get entertainment inside of your skull? Well, you could go to MaximumFun.org and check out one of the cool shows like this one. 
Kardashians. Michael Cohen. Hashtags. Clickbait. Memes. Oh. <laughs> Debunking. Rebunking. <laughs> Regular sized bunking. Bodie McBoatface. Do any of these words make sense to you? Then maybe Trends Like These is the podcast you should be listening to. We put an episode every week on MaximumFun.org. Hosted by me, Travis McRoy. And me, Courtney Enlow. And me, Brent Black. Trends Like These on MaximumFun.org. Because with Trends Like These, who needs any memes? Ah? Ah? (laughs) Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I know. I'm telling you, it's the place to go. But you know where else you can go? The mental soma. To hell. Nope. The mental soma. Oh, yes. The mental soma. (laughs) How did that work out for you, Carrie? Did you get to the mental soma with Uh, the mental soma technique? Yes, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I felt like on the one hand, I'm being told to do something really easy, Mm -hmm. which is like do a good meditation where you're not aware of your body and you're just present with a concept. Right. Which is something I can do. On the other hand, I'm being told to achieve nirvana like the Buddha. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. okay, that's, I, I would have thought pretty tough. But I think I've learned from these classes that the level of expectation isn't that high. Like, yes. you're not going to get dinged or faulted if you don't have a big revelatory experience. Right, definitely. Which I almost feel that if they did put more pressure on us, that I might perform better because I'd be worried uh, like, oh, no, I need to report later. Uh-huh. And if I don't tell them what happened and it's not good, then... Right. I'll be in trouble. Yeah, that's a fine line as a teacher, isn't it? Right. To be nurturing, but also challenging. They are very nurturing. They are. So yeah, we did exactly what she told us to. We thought of something big and then pondered a question. So my first question was, what is kindness? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I just stayed there for a while. I did feel like I got an answer from something that kindness is its own good. That was it. Cool. That was the whole thought. And how did your body feel during all this? So my left side did feel like it became disengaged. My psychosoma became disengaged from a soma. Oh, so my, that's right. You started to kind of crawl out of your body on one side. Yeah, I felt like my left side just kind of flopped up, kind of like a gentle wave came up from under it and then stopped there. That's awesome. Yeah. So I knew this wasn't happening, but it felt like I was just completely leaning on my right side. But that was it. It was also hard to stay there. Like, I would get to the mental soma, but, you know, it's just hard to stay in that state where you're not aware of your body at all. Yes. Yeah, I started with trying to visualize space, and I felt like, oh, I can't just jump straight to space. So I kind of lift off the planet, and I was Uh like, oh, where are we going to go? So I go to Jupiter. I think you mentioned Jupiter as well. And then I started thinking about like a work project and got distracted. It's like, okay, no, no, uh, let's get back to space. Okay, uh, uh, what else? Okay, no, let's get away from the solar system. Okay, there's like another galaxy out there. We'll move towards like Andromeda or something. So I'm like trying to like make space kind of work. Mm -hmm. And then I'm trying to like zoom out and imagine like many galaxies. Just I'm not doing it convincingly enough Mm -hmm. for myself. So finally, I kind of arrived on just traveling through a star field. And then as that kind of grows and fills up more of my vision, then I just picture like another star field also growing. So at least then I had this kind of 
succession of, of star fields to dive in through. So that's cool. I'm kind of moving through space. But yeah, I did keep feeling my mind kind of drift other places and I'd have to go back to that. And I thought about the nature of truth. But seriously, it felt like maybe 10 minutes to me. And then she's like, okay, we're done. And it's like, well, that's not how she ended it. It was softer than that. <laughs> okay, everybody. <laughs> uh, but Look alive, people. I definitely felt like there was just a long period of time there where I wasn't asleep, but I wasn't thinking. So I think at least on that level, I kind of achieved the nothingness. I think I felt uh-huh. a long period of time where I was just kind of there, but not thinking of anything. That's great. So cool. Uh, yeah, d- definitely missing time. So either that or I was abducted by aliens. Probably. Take your pick. Now, for the last 20 minutes or so, though, I did come back to my body and got just, you know, pretty bored, but that's okay. I would say at the tail end there, I was really feeling my head Oh yeah, against that thin yoga mat and going, oh, I should have brought a pillow. My shoulder was really hurting, and I wished I had brought my cervical pillow, mm. but I did the next day. So don't worry, everyone. So the last note in my notes is, I should bring a cervical pillow. It's a good way to end the day. Yeah. Though uh, we were recounting our tales and we had said, we need to leave a little early. We need to leave at 6, not 6.30. Right. So Maria let us uh, head out because we were going to head over to Scientology. (laughs) That's right. And we got turned away. We did. We've probably already told you this story at this point. Probably. But that's what happened just now. Yeah, it it was connected to that day. So that was pretty fun. Yep. They knew who you were. They looked me up. They did. They did the right thing for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> they did some raw search. Oh, I like it. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. We're going to tell you about the other day of CDP3 in our next episode. But not now. Nope. Thanks for coming along. Uh, you're welcome. Well, I was thanking the listener. You're but you know what? Us. Thank you too, Carrie. Well, thank I'm you. I'm so glad you come along for these investigations. Yeah, likewise. I mean, I thought it was kind of assumed. We have a show. We're co-hosts. <laughs> but we still, I thank you. But still. Um, but still. Hey, you just had a birthday. Happy birthday. I did. Thank you. And yes. some of you on social media were following along. Carrie got me an amazing gift, which was a one-day stay at an Airbnb with a medieval theme. Yeah. The idea was that I had often said my ideal day would just be to get away and read with no one bugging me for a day. Yep. So that's what I did. So I orchestrated it so that you wouldn't have anybody bothering you and you could just read and read and read. So what did you read? I read Mike Clellan's Stories from the Messengers. Nice. I had just Owl barely guy. started it. And so I, I finished that book. And then I read half of The Blackthorn Key. You had told me to bring a medieval-themed book. Mm-hmm. If, if you I had, had one it. on your list, yeah. And so I mentioned that, and Kara said, oh, here, read this. And it's kind of a young adult thing, uh, but it's really fun. So I got halfway through that one. I look forward to finishing that. Nice. I also listened to a lot of John Ronson's Lost at Sea. A fantastic book. So whenever I wasn't reading, I was listening. So yeah, I'd say I got through the equivalent of about 400 pages. Oh, wow. If you put it all together. All right, good L- job. A lot of reading. Though uh, I did also take a break. Kara and Andrew came to visit. We had dinner. We played a card game at the little table there. Anyways, if you go on to Twitter or Facebook, 
you can find the videos of Carrie picking me up for the Airbnb and then a report later from the location itself. Very exciting. Fun stuff. Journalism. Also, our listeners came through when we asked them if they would donate to help the kids at the border. We uh, we put this on social media. We said, hey, the horrible stuff that's happening at the border really deserves our attention. And if you have some spare change, maybe give to one of these charities and we will send you a 20-second thank you video personalized for you. And oh my gosh, y'all came through. Yeah, well over $3,500 donated towards families who need it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Amazing. So if you want to follow along with all these fun side things we do and also videos and pictures and other things related to our investigations, check us out. Facebook.com forward slash onrack or Twitter, twitter.com forward slash ono podcast. All excellent ways to follow us. You can also leave us a positive review at iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher of choice. All true. That'll help other people find us. And that helps us get, you know, more listeners, which is important to us. Yes. Not that you're not enough. You're enough. You're enough as you are, Abigail. Now there's some listener out there named Abigail who feels like this is for her. Hey, Abigail. Hey, Abigail. And by the way, our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Oh, and our editor is Victor Figueroa. Oh, and our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Oh, you can also support us at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate if you want to become one of our supporting members and one of our favorite people. Ow! And remember, we don't think, we We thosinate. I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. We are a Simpsons podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, and we've got some exciting news. Ooh, tell Ooh. me. We are going to be doing some live podcast shows in some of our favorite cities. We're so excited, and we want to let you guys know out there in the Max Fun universe that we are coming to you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. On Saturday, September 15th, we will be at the North Door in Austin, Texas. Yeehaw. On Saturday, December 1st, we will be at the Alamo Draft house sloan's lake in denver colorado there's no basement in the alamo mm, we'll find out it's friday <laughs> december 7th we are going to be at the vera project in seattle washington oh god uh, nirvana yes okay and saturday december 8th we'll be at mississippi studios in portland oregon hey matt Groening lives there yeah i once lived there he he still lives there in our hearts so um make sure that you mark your calendars for those dates and we will be posting the ticketing links on our twitter that is at simpsons pod and we will smell you later. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.